Hey everybody, welcome to The Fresh Life with Jasmine Marie. And I'm Chris Marvell. A little bit about us, we've been together for over a decade and we have two little boys. And we're here to provide you fresh ideas, fresh energy, and fresh inspiration. Welcome, welcome to, to The, the Fresh, fresh Life. Life. Hey y'all, welcome back to the podcast. It feels good to be back. It does. Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, we are here um, looking at a wintry outside here in Cleveland, Ohio. Yes. So indeed. wherever you are looking at probably the sunshine, mm-hmm. we envy you. We do. But it's coming. Yes, it is coming. It's coming back. Yeah, it's coming back. Sunshine is coming is. your way. It um, definitely is. Metaphorically and weather-wise. Sunshine is here in my heart. So, um, again, we're here today. We have some amazing things on the horizon from the Fresh Life couple um and i'm just so excited that when we get the opportunity to uh, showcase the things we've been working on coming into the new year how it just lets us let you know that we just love you guys Um, we really do we a lot of things that we do we thinking about you guys so like a hundred percent like we stay up late nights thinking about you that's true and how to you know help uh pour into your life and you know Use these make, gifts. Yeah, yes, yes. Use these gifts to become gifts. We All we want to do is just be the best version of ourselves. That's the main goal. Yeah. Encourage and uplift. So, today, we're here with a topic that is going to be, uh, you know, pretty much something you can use in every relationship. I agree. And that is... Five arguments to stop having in 2019. So or period or period. Let's period. just stop having just, these arguments. Well, listen, arguments to a degree are healthy. It just shows that, you know, we don't have to think alike. We don't have to be on the same page all the time. Right. But some arguments aren't necessary. Yes. And we can cut them out. And so these are at least the top five For, to us. Yes. That have worked in our lives, not only as um, married people, but also in the lives of, you know, just any relationship we have. So. I try not to do these things with my sister, my brother, my mom, my friends. So the first one is keeping score. Keeping score. So keeping score, when you go to, we, oh, we, it's so easy to do. Well, like if you think about like tomorrow, we have um, Caleb has a basketball game in the morning, and we're gonna be looking at the score. He's going to be going against another team, and we're gonna be cheering for our son to you know perform well. And that his team ultimately comes out victorious. Chris, how do you know that his team is victorious? Because they have more points on the board than the other team. Can I say something? Yes. According to Caleb, the number one thing about basketball is getting buckets. And that's and, and that's great in basketball. Right. To get buckets in basketball is great. But to get buckets against your partner or against your mom or against your sister... Well, that's a losing effort. Exactly. Um, getting buckets against anybody that's not an opponent is a problem. Did you just say that? Or I just said the same thing. <laughs> you just said the exact same yeah. thing. I thought I reworded it. No, it's no? okay. Okay, sorry. I understand. You... It was such a good point. But you're here to you're here to add clarity to my thoughts. Okay, yes, because these people are on the same team as you. Yes. You guys are trying to win together in life. Like, these people ride for you. This is your tribe. So you're not trying to uh, score against your tribe. 
I mean, it's also it's very self-centered. So wait, before oh, we go sorry. on, what do we mean by keeping score? Can you give the people an example? Okay, so keeping score is I did these three things today or I did these three things for you yesterday or, you know, to that degree and it's your turn. Okay, right. So like, for example, I... Can you please get the kids a bath? I did it three times last week. Or um, it's your turn to take out the garbage. I just did it. You're throwing you're throwing whatever you did back in other people's faces as if it didn't benefit you to do it in the first place. So if I was downstairs and the floor was dirty and I decided to sweep the floor, well, that benefits me so I don't have to walk on dirt. That's but really to but to then come back later and say you know, hey, you know, can you uh, put up those dishes in the in the dishwasher? Well, Chris, I'm a little tired. Well, I mean, I did sweep the floor earlier. Well, I mean, that's nonsense. Right. Because ultimately, I swept the floor for my own benefit. Right. Not to do a favor for you. Right. You didn't ask me to do it. Right. And so you start collecting these scores. Right. So that's that really good. So that you can display them on the scoreboard for later. Yes. Okay. I think Chris nailed that out the park. The last thing I want to say about keep a score is I think it just opens up for you to use always and never like those. Um, you called on something in your book. I can't think of the name right now. So you're saying you're saying stuff like you know never always. Yeah, like and they're untruth. You never help me clean up, or I'm always the one cleaning up this house. You know, I feel like that was my line for a long time, and you just forget. Um, you know that first of all, that's not true. All whenever you use the word always and never, you could probably just take that out your, your vocabulary, especially in the argument, because it's not true. You're not always doing something or never. Um, so anyway, so that's one thing. The other thing is, I feel like when I say um, don't keep score, but it's kind of will be a good thing to keep score if it's about positive things. So here's the thing: like the thing about when it comes to even positive things is. Positive or negative when it comes to keeping score is that if you start keeping score negatively, it takes away the the onus to give freely. You're not giving freely if you're keeping score. Mm -hmm. And that's a great part of any relationship is giving back and forth. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm going to give time, um, you know, to, you know, your sister as she asks for a babysitter so that she can go and have, you know, some alone time or some time with her friends. But. That's giving freely because I want to see her, you know, have this time. Mm -hmm. But if I say, you know, can you can you also do this for me in exchange? Mm -hmm. Well, did I really give something or did I just make a, a transaction? Mm -hmm. And I don't think we have to always make transactions mm -hmm. in our relationships. No, we don't want to. We don't want to. We want to give. We want to deposit. Because ultimately everything balances out in the end. Anyway. Right, right. And no, for a relationship to flourish, I think you need more deposits than you need withdrawals or or a zero balance sheet right and, and yeah. when when do we start keeping score are we accurate with the scorecard is right. it always exactly you know do i uh, do i always feel like i'm in the negative on the scorecard because right. i'm viewing it through my own bias you know i don't know if you're keeping score for your end so maybe you're not bringing up all the times you've right. done something you're without definitely telling not me. keeping score on your negative end you might mm. be right you know so um when did you have a turnover Okay. Yeah. When did when, you when did you drop the ball? When did the ball go out of bounds? Yeah. When the ball go out of bounds that you didn't bring up. <laughs> um. So, but I think it's a good thing to just try to keep score, quote unquote, keep score, but not really. But practice um gratitude in the relationship. So instead of, you know, it is good to think about like 
you know, you did that for me. And I just want to say thank you. That way you're just bringing positive energy into the relationship. And then if you practice that type of mindset, you're going to look for more in your spirit partner or the person you're in a relationship with so like thank you so much for taking out the trash thank you for sweeping the floor baby baby thank you so much for getting the kids ready for bed I really appreciate that that that's beautiful and so that's the type of energy we want to keep up in 2019 so number two number two is expecting people to read your mind so Mm -hmm. it's another argument that we have to Mm -hmm. stop um I know that poor communication is most certainly involved in thinking that others know what you're what you're thinking assuming that someone knows what you want from them mm-hmm. that is a uh, that's a sign of poor communication mm-hmm. not not that you're a poor communicator but mm-hmm. it's a sign of that instance that we communicated poorly mm-hmm. i assumed that you knew what i wanted um, and so people aren't mind readers no. i mean miss cleo wasn't a mind reader that's why she went to jail <laughs> did she I think Miss Cleo did go to jail for fraud. Miss Cleo was on TV. She was huge. She was a millionaire telling people that she could read that she had a she had a prophecy for you. And she had a prophecy for herself that she was about to make some money. <laughs> that's what she had a that's prophecy all she for. knew about. That's all she knew about. She okay. could tell the future in her bank account. I heard that. The phone was, was ringing. A hustler. A hustler. So don't be a hustler trying to get people to work harder for you then you are working harder for yourself by not communicating effectively. Mm-hmm. I like uh, how you spent that. That was very good. I, I, I bob and oh, weave. Oh, with the words. You got to get you out. You better get know you will. It's, it's a gift. <laughs> I, I thank the Lord for it. Um, but how one way that you actually can do that to have people stop reading your mind is to directly tell them what you need from them. Yes. Okay. So can I just be totally transparent in this moment? I used to want Chris to read my mind. And you know what I realized that comes from? It was, I think when you want somebody to read your mind, it's because you lack a level of vulnerability. Ah, 100%. Right? right? Yes. Because it's hard for me to tell you my innermost desire right now or the thing that I'm thinking about because it's hard to communicate that. I don't even want to, I don't, I don't want to look silly. I don't want to be rejected. I don't want, um you know, to, to look weak or anything. So it's just like, I'll keep it to myself and and I will withdraw. So instead of, you know, saying, you know, you really hurt my feelings, you know, expressing that I'm hurting instead of that, I'll just withdraw and you're going to have to figure it out. And that works. I mean, that's a tactic that works, but it's also a tactic that is not necessarily healthy. It's not as healthy as being able to identify your feelings and communicate them effectively. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying something that I think what we what we think is that if we tell somebody how we feel and they don't agree with us, that it was a waste of time. Mm-hmm. That sometimes people are going that you're going to tell someone something in being vulnerable and they're not going to agree with you. Mm-hmm. They're not going to see it your way. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that that you're wrong. It doesn't mean that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. It just means that thank you for being vulnerable. How can we work to come to the middle? Mm-hmm. How can we work to compromise? So, you know, if you're saying that, hey, I hurt your feelings, I may not see it as what I said hurt your feelings, mm-hmm. but I am very thankful, number one, that you shared your feelings with me so that we can, A, not have, maybe I could have said it differently. 
maybe I didn't see, maybe I didn't hear you correctly. And so what I said hurt your feelings because I, I addressed your point incorrectly. Mm -hmm. But whatever it is, I can't do any of that without knowing that your feelings were hurt. Exactly. You know what I think a lot of couples, and this is just a little bit for couples, so mind me if I told you before this is all for any relationship. But like I feel like with couples, an area that this really happens a lot in, but it might not lead to an argument, but it could just definitely lead to hurt feelings or feelings of rejection is around sex. Like, I want you to read my mind that I want to have sex with you or that I am like, you know, horny or whatever. And that's not the case either. Like, so I'll, I will, you know, get in bed or whatever and I won't say nothing and I'll take it like as rejection. And I feel like I was, we was at an event and the guys had said, it was like married couples and the guys had said one thing they want their ladies to stop doing is just like kind of scooting back on them. Like just kind of letting you know, like this is what I want, but not saying it. And I think, um, and that could lead to levels of rejection. And you got to just remember, like, especially like if you're married or something like your partner, well, for the most part, for the most part, your partner wants to engage with you. They want to be in a loving, intimate relationship. And so just saying like, baby, I want you or baby, can we please like, you know, we're asking for it. It's fine. It does take a level of vulnerability for sure. But um, it's better than just thinking that somebody's going to read your mind or, or just feeling like, well, they should know because we haven't had sex in four days or whatever. And that, that's still not the case. I'm of the of the mindset of go get what you want. Like mm -hmm. if, if that's what you want, mm -hmm. then go get it and trust that the other person may want it too. Yeah. But if, if you're not even, if you're passively trying to get what you want and you don't get what you want, the only person you have to blame is yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's that's the only, hard facts, but it's, that's facts. it's just straight facts. I mean, it's not, and it's not that if you passively do something, a person may not take your passive cues. They may, they may not see right. what you're doing as a real cue right. like you know because it ain't my cue it ain't my cue i you, i can't read your cues just I like i can't, can't read, read your, your mind. mind yeah 100 percent. so good so All right. good i think we can move on so number three is pushing your partner to be like you well i this was not my area of struggle <laughs> Oh, so you look. I'm just saying it wasn't my that. area of struggle. All right. right. So I think this is something that we all may think we want. We want our partner to be like us. But believe me, you really do not want your partner to be like you. Can you imagine being married to somebody that was like you? No, you don't want that. You don't need that in your life. You're trying to live your best life. So I'm thinking when I think about this, um, you have to just realize and you have to just start to think about those things that aggravate you about that person and then think about the litany of benefits that of that characteristic that partner has. So I can only use myself in, as an example. Chris's brain, people, is the most... Speak in a positive sense. Amazing brain. Thank you. I've ever come across. It is a brain that is extremely. Um... <laughs> okay, wow. Wait, That's unbelievable. Wait, I wasn't trying to gather my thoughts. I got it. It is a brain that is extremely, that will take risk, that is um, spontaneous, that is. Um... What else did I think about you? I kind of thought about this already. Dang, I messed this all up. You go first. You go first. That is unbelievable. So let me just say this. I'll just speak <laughs> off the cuff. 
I am a very spontaneous, risky person. Yes. I live life off the cuff. Uh, I enjoy life. I I enjoy the fruits of life. And because of that, when you're living with a more conservative person or, you know, maybe your parents are conservative and you grew up, um, you know, wanting to get outside of that box, then people can't relate to you. So what they try to do is they see your life through their fear. Possibly. I'm not saying it happens. I'm saying possibly. Mm -hmm. They see your life through their fear. That's why they don't take risks. So they only, out of love for you, want to pull you back. But what they have to realize is my life is not yours. Right. How I live life, the risk I take, ultimately I have to deal with either the consequences or I get to deal with the benefits. But it's a life that I get to choose. And so for those who try to get others to be like them, I think that you have to allow other people to just live their life. Be a like let people be adults. I'm all about letting people live the human experience. Right. Like no day, no hour is guaranteed. Um, the house, the office, the car you're sitting in, like you think is guaranteed. Like you think that in the next ten seconds I'm gonna be sitting here and everything's gonna be cool. Have you ever seen the news when people have been sitting in their living room and a car flew through their living room? Or a person that's sitting at a stoplight in a semi-truck rear-ends them because it couldn't stop on the brakes. Or you're on an airplane and the plane crash. Like, I mean, there's so many things that are not guaranteed. And right. if they were, if you knew they were guaranteed and you thought so, then you would have never got on that plane if you knew it was going to crash. Right. But you don't know how life turns out. So because you don't know how life turns out, let people live their life. Okay. You are so right on so many levels. Thank you. Just saying. Okay, so going back to what I was saying, is the so think about the thing that might irritate you and think about the litany of positive things that because that person is that way that benefits your life or have benefited you. So for like I was saying, Chris is a risk taker. He's spontaneous. He's not the most thorough or most detailed person. But through that, and so those are things that would normally like just aggravate my soul. Like, oh, he's like he's much better at this. But when we first met, he wasn't budget conscious. And I wanted somebody that was budget conscious. I wanted somebody that wasn't as risky or as spontaneous, that kind of just went through a schedule. And um, I thought that's what I wanted. Those are to be the things that would irritate me about him. But when I tell you, y'all, I have lived a much fuller, brighter, more colorful life because of those characteristics in him, I'm, I'm truly blessed by them. And now I realize to see them as positives. And now I lean in. I'm not all the way there, but I'm much better than I used to. I lean into this side of him because now I'm beginning to trust it. Now I'm beginning to see the benefits of it. Like, um... My husband, unlike me, I'm I'm so thorough that I won't even take a risk or I'll think something so through that I will scare myself out of it. My husband has an idea. He's going to jump at it. He's going to attack it. He's going to do it. Him being like that has brought in residual income to our family. It's brought in um, disposable income to our family. Like him just having an idea saying, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go out and, and, and create this or be a part of this. Um, it has exposed us in so many ways. We've taken, a, we've went on vacation, but the type of vacation I would have took would be like sightseeing and stuff. Like he got me into the neighborhoods. He got me where the 
the locals hang out. Like I just live a brighter, more colorful life because he brings that out of me. Those are things that I would not do on my own. If I went on vacation with somebody that was like me, we would just be down with the concierge and to asking them what are the things that tourists do in this city. And my husband, he's going to explore, he's going to do his research, and he's going to show me the best time. But he does it so out of love, like, I'm going to plan this trip for you. And it's always just the best. And then also just like risk-taking, like business adventures, anything we've done, anything we've done outside of a master's degree in education and Lewis Unlimited has been Chris and Chris pushing me. So when y'all see me out there, just know that that is mostly Chris behind me saying, go and be the best version of you. So I, I appreciate those gifts. Amen. Now, especially. All right, moving on. So it I hope so. that helps somebody. So think about the things that aggravate you that you're, the person in your life does, and then think about how it really benefits you. So um, number four. Number four. Getting heated too quickly. So... This is one where I think we all can, you know, say that we've been guilty of whether, you know, you're just irritated that day, whether uh, you didn't get enough sleep. Maybe it's the coffee and the caffeine. But in 2019, we got to give people more grace. Mm -hmm. Grace field. And even if if you mess up on this, be quick to forgive. But somehow, some way we got to cut down on the anger. Because what I found out in even my relationship is there's too much to get done to be mad at somebody. I mean, even with your, even go back to your friends. I mean, if it's your best friend and you popping off at your best friend, Mm -hmm. you spend the next couple hours wishing that you was back in fellowship with your best friend, Mm -hmm. that you was communicating so you could share the next secret that you can, you know, give the next idea or you could just rap and talk or Whatever it might be, but now that you got heated about something that was super quick, it's like I'm missing that person now. Right. Uh, and I think that the, the thing we have to do is we got to figure out in 2019 the source of this irritability. Like what's making us irritable? And we got to uh, we got to address it. We have to identify it. We got to figure out what is setting me off so quickly. And it's probably not my friend per se, it's maybe, you know, how I'm viewing an issue. Maybe it's jealousy. Maybe it's um, rooted in competitiveness. Maybe it's um, I am upset that I don't have the time to do something or X, Y, and Z. And I wish that I did. And so now I'm irritable because of blah, blah, blah. I don't know. But you have to figure out more causes to this. Irrit- it's not just I'm upset. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody asks you why, you're like, I don't know. I'm just mad right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, and and I, when we get older, we have to spend more time figuring out who we are. Mm-hmm. Not it's not it's not enough to say, I just don't know. It's it's really complex. You know, it's really deep. You know, it's figuring out and putting a name to that thing so that we can extract it. We can work on it. We can, uh, you know, put some real work into it because I think being irritable frustrates you, and it frustrates everybody around you to the point people don't want to deal with you. Mm-hmm. I love it. When I think about this, um, I think about Dr. Phil who always says, it don't matter how flat you make a pancake, it's still got two sides. And that just goes to show, like, when you say how flat the pancake is, you could be in the same situation with the same people and somebody will react to what happened differently than you will. And that's just because everybody has a different perspective. And so I think another way of saying, um, what is this one? Don't, 
What is this argument? Get heated too quickly. Oh, yeah. Don't get heated too quickly. The Another way of thinking about this is don't make up stories. And that's something that's like a code language that me and Chris use all the time is um, stop making up a story or I won't make up a story. So basically, I'm not going to make up a story about something that I don't really have all of the facts about. I can feel a certain kind of way. I can um, I can come up to my own conclusion. But at the end of the day, if I haven't talked to that person about why I'm upset or why my feelings are hurt, I will be operating most of the time in assumptions. And we'll later find out, like, we have been we have been mad at friends for over a year just to find out it's been a, over miscommunication. It's been over how I perceive that event. And this whole time, it's like, yeah, but no, if a, if a person really loved me, they wouldn't do X, Y, and Z. And that person comes back like, wait, that's not even how it went down. And I only said it like that because of this. And it's like, this whole time I've been mad at you and it hasn't been the case. So don't make up stories because you always, your brain has to fill in the gaps, right? So something happens, your brain makes a conclusion about why that happens. That's just survival. But what ends up happening is, most of the time is based just out of an assumption. You really don't know the other side. And so we've learned to say, and I want to give you guys this as a tool. We've learned to go to that person and say, you know what? I'm making up the story that blah, 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 blah is going on. And that gives that person to say, okay, well, that's not necessarily true. I just did this to somebody that um, I haven't seen in a while. I thought I was kind of me and her girl, me and her friend had kind of got into it little bit not really but I, next time I saw her I thought she was kind of throwing me shade and normally like me and her have a really good relationship so I went over to her I said you know I'm just making up the story that you're kind of upset with me because of what happened with blah 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 which I knew she knew about because they're like really close friends and she was like no not at all I'm so sorry if I came off like that like I was just really busy that day I had a lot going on and I was like, oh, okay, of course, that makes total sense. Like, I've been in that situation plenty of times. And so it's just about talking and communicating. 100%. Like, 100%. All right, cool. Um, but I did want to add one thing real quick. So yeah. in the sense that if you're irritable, one way to take care of yourself is just give yourself some space. Yes. Like, and it's not, it is not a bad thing not to abandon. Like, let's say you got in an argument and you're irritable or whatever. Not to abandon those that, that have, you know, that you're around. But just, but to even let people know, listen, I just need some space. And you know that. Mm -hmm. So get away, go, you know, go for a run, get those endorphins up, uh, you know, go listen to some music, um, just relax your mind, get, take a bath, you know, whatever it is that you do that relaxes you, go pray, go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Sometimes sleep mm -hmm. is, is what sleep. is really what's causing your irritability. Sleep will repair your emotions. It not only repairs your body physically, but it repairs your emotions. Mm. Yes, take yeah. a nap. So yeah, yeah. Go sleep it off. Go night night. Go night night. Go see your night night yeah, friends. Go, see, yeah. go to sleep, man. That's but, what we say to the kids. Um, lastly is just try to avoid conflict. Um Especially unnecessary conflict. I mean, that's really what I would love to say. Just avoid unnecessary conflict. Oftentimes, the conflict, of course, comes out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. And if it's not fruitful to say, mm -hmm. then don't say it. Figure out a way for you to deal with whatever it is that you're about to say. Because sometimes you just say stuff. Yeah. And you haven't thought it through. Um, and you got to apologize. Yeah, you're criticizing somebody for something that didn't need to be criticized or... You do something. Mean, it's just like think through your actions a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Practice wisdom. 
practice wisdom, practice wisdom. Mm-hmm. Find a way to find a way to lessen the instances in which you're explaining yourself this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think if you can do that, like that will ultimately give you like a year that you've been looking for as far as your peace, as far as your ability. Because like when you have conflict, one thing I know is it stops your flow of ideas. It stops your flow of creativity because you're dealing with a war in your personal life. In some sense, I don't care if it's your mom, you got a conflict with your mom because she didn't do something you wanted her to do. So now you got to tell her all the reasons that, you know, she needs to listen to your way. And it's like, okay, if I take my hand off of the steering wheel of my mom's life, I can give that energy back to my life Mm -hmm. and let my mom do what she's going to do anyway. Mm -hmm. Because that's my mama. That's my mama. Or it's my best friend. I can't control my best friend right. life and how she moves. Right. So my job is to live my life the best uh, to my ability mm-hmm. and mind my business. Mm-hmm. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it just reminds me of that meme that was going around like 2019. I'm not arguing with nobody. I'm just sitting, okay? Um, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going back and forth with you. I'm living my best life. And so it's just like, at the end of the day, you kind of know when you're pr- approaching that moment where this could really go the other way. So I'm just, I'm just not even going to um, entertain this. And I, you know, it don't even have to be like that, that high and mighty hootie tootie. Like I'm not even entertaining this, but it's just like, you know what? This is not going to be fruitful. Let me just call you back or let me go for a walk or let me step away for a moment because I don't want to have an argument with you. If you succeed in loving imperfect people, it means there's room for them to love the imperfect you. Mm. Come on and end this with a quote. One more time for the people. If you succeed in loving imperfect people, it means there's room for them to love the imperfect you. Mm, That's good. So thank you for joining us. Uh, some great dope things are on the way, uh, like big time. Yeah. Should we announce it? Yes. We should announce it? We should totally announce it. We got a couple of things on the way. I mean, which one should we, we announce? Should we announce the... Okay. So, we are going to announce to you that we are bringing you something that works for us. And we wanted to um, bring it out there, man. I mean, I think it's really awesome. It is called the Fresh Life Productivity Journal. That is going to be uh, available to purchase very soon. So get excited for this. It is something that is uh, scientifically based. It's something that has been, you know, researched. This is, you know, our heart and soul. And I will tell you this, that Jasmine has given over countless nights and hours um, working with people all across the world to bring this journal to fruition. And I'm excited that's going to be in your hands. And I, that we believe here at The Fresh Life, that this is going to sculpt out the year that you have dreamed of, the year that you have been destined to have, because this productivity journal is going to set every single day up for you to win, for you to have the success, and for you to end your day with power and might, um, so that there's no more guessing as to how to get to where you want to go, that your destiny is in your hands with the Fresh Life Productivity Journal. Yes, um, that was beautiful. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Like Chris said, it's something that we've used ourselves over the last couple of years that just really blessed us. And we just decided, like, let's just put it on paper. Like, we do this all the time um, in communication with each other. We write it out. So it's something that we've all we've been using. And it's just like, let's just put it on paper and, and let people have it. And if it blesses them and benefits them, Awesome. So we're just excited to get it out to you guys. So we'll try to, of course, you know, roll out some contests. 
Uh, so maybe we can, you know, dish out a few, um, you know, free journals across the board. And mm-hmm. um, so stay tuned for those announcements on our social media. You can follow me at Chris Marvell and you can follow Jasmine at Mrs. Jasmine Marie. And that's Jasmine with a Z. So Mrs. Jasmine Marie. Um, be sure to follow us and uh, all the things that we do and that we love. We like to send them out to the world. So uh, here's to a fresh life, a fresh week and a fresh day to all of you. See you later. Are you still there? I thought we told you to see you later. Well, I'm happy you're still here because I have one more announcement. For all of my people in the Northeast Ohio region, I would love for you to meet me on Sunday, February 24th from 2 to 5 at Tinkerville University Center. I will be moderating the book discussion with Dr. Mirica Sanders, also known as Dr. Mimi, and her book that has just been launched this month, Inner Beauty. So it is teaching women um, all things feminine, teaching women about how to have true beauty on the inside. And she is such a phenomenal teacher. She's going to do the keynote. I am going to be moderating um, the book discussion. And we're going to have a live Q&A spilling the tea. So we are just so excited about this event. So all ladies, all my fellas out there, buy a ticket for your girlfriend, your wife, your mom, your niece, your aunt, everybody. And all my girls, let's get our tribe together. And let's just come out for a time of honest conversation, vulnerability, openness, wholeness, just just new levels in 2019. We're going to invest in ourselves. She's so great talking about self-care. She's phenomenal. So follow her too. I'm excited to partner with her on this. So come out and check us out. So follow me on Instagram and get all the information on all my social media platforms.